This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, again, welcome to week three of more, more news. The, the big idea for this whole series, uh, we'll jump into it in just a second, but the whole idea for this, this series has been this thought right here. What you think matters more than you, than you think. What you think matters more than you think. Uh, let's look at, at this verse, Proverbs 4.23. I'm going to give just a little review and jump into some new material today that I believe is going to be really, really helpful. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true of true life. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. So we, we've been putting a lot of pressure on the words we, uh, we, the words we say. My, my wife taught a series for three weeks on, on, on the importance of our words. We've been on now three weeks on the importance of our thoughts. And uh, the Bible is very clear where your thoughts go is where your life goes ends up. Your thoughts are more important than what you think. Again, every day you're being told what to think. I mean, think about it. Society is bombarding your minds with more and more news, more and more information, more and more knowledge. Every time I think of that, I've been saying this every week, it, it, it just reminds me of the, 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 the passage in the Bible in Daniel where God says, if you want to know the, a sign of the end times, here's a sign that, that this thing is coming to an end, that knowledge would begin to increase, that information would begin to increase like never before. We, we're living in that day. Society and culture and media is constantly telling us what to think. And I've been challenging us every week that we need to just possibly slow down, because I've got an idea, a thought for you, slow down long enough just to think, have you ever done this? Just to think about what you're thinking about. Wow. To ask yourself the question, why do I think the way I think? What, what kind of news has been shaping or forming my thinking? Is it the intellectual news out there? Is it the cultural news? Is it the media news? Is it the political news? Or is it just the opinionated news of our friends that we hang out with? Or, or is it God's news? And as Christ followers, if we're going to do what God's called us to do, we've got to get God's news on the matter. We've got to get God's information and God's thoughts and God's promises. Um, the first week we talked about the truth about your thoughts, and we we gave you three important truths about your thoughts, and and I think it's important I just quickly review because I, w- I want to encourage you, if you weren't here or even if you were here to go back and get those podcasts and listen to them over and over. I believe they will help you. We talked about that that your life follows your thoughts that that your, your thoughts are taking you somewhere, whether you like it or not. Uh, and then we, 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 we gave this truth that changing your thoughts can change your life. Changing your thoughts can change your life. That we're actually, the Bible says, transformed by 
what the Bible calls the renewing of our, our mind. If you want change in your life, there can be no change in your life unless you change your, your thoughts, the way you think. And then we, we, we talked about to have the life of God, you have to have the thoughts of God. And it was a real foundational type of truth just to kind of just to shake us up and arrest our attention to, 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 to think about what we're thinking about because our thoughts really do matter. Last week was such, a, such an important message on the how-tos of what we've been talking about, and we're not going to spend several weeks on that. If, if you, you just want the bread and the butter and the how-tos of how do I do this, you've, you've got to go back and listen to, to, to week number two because we talked about the real battle in your life, and we talked about that battle being a thinking battle, and we just gave the practical biblical helps so that you can win the battle in life. We, we learned that when you identify the source, the source of your thoughts, then you can change your course, that it is the ultimate uh, repeal and replace. Today, I want to talk about being double-minded being double-minded. I've really never taught along these lines before, but I'm, I'm a little stirred about this, this subject matter of being double, double-minded. Um, you know, when it comes to the time change, everybody adjust to the time change that, you know, we all got ripped off last week, right, at all of our campuses. We all got an hour taken away from us. It's like, who, who makes that decision? It's like in every year I have a tendency to kind of rebel against that whole time change thing, even though everybody is going on with their lives. I, I, I refuse to even change my clocks. Now, now my, my, the clocks that are hooked to satellite, they automatically change, but the clocks in my office, and I, I, I'm kind of double-minded about the time thing, I think is what I'm trying to say, because I'm... I'm I'm not ready to switch over, and so, and so I'm kind of living this double life of being double-minded, and my wife will say, it's 7 o'clock, and I'll say, no, it's, it's 6 o'clock, and uh, that, that, that's good for about a week, and then that doesn't work out real good when you start showing up late at things, and so you have to eventually get with the program because being double-minded is going to get you in, in trouble. In, uh, in James, the book of James, one of my favorite books in all of the Bible, because it's, it's the brother of Jesus that actually writes the book of James. And, and that's why it's my favorite book, because I've, I've, I've always thought, like, what would that have been like to, to grow up with Jesus? Like, hang out and be his brother and play army together and talk at toys and, you know, just, just run around the, 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 the community. That, that's kind of cool. And and so the book of James is Jesus' brother, and it's just filled with, 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 with nuggets that James talks about. And if you don't know this, uh, James actually did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah growing up. I mean, I mean, would you, right? I mean, your brother say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Savior of the world. Yeah, right, you know. So he didn't even believe it until Jesus was actually raised from the dead, came back, and James seen him and talked to him and had the revelation that he truly was the Messiah, and James talks about so many awesome things. But in James chapter 1, verse 8, notice what James, the brother of Jesus, says here. He says, a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. Wow. 
Now, to be double-minded is, is just where a person is undecided in their thoughts. They're undecided in their thoughts. It's where a person is being torn between thoughts. The idea that, that James is giving here in the Bible is, is, is that you can't have two things that coexist. They, they just don't go together. That, that's what it means to be double-minded, to try to get two things to co- coexist that, that really can't coexist together. It's, it's either 7 o'clock or it's 6 o'clock. It can't be 7 and 6 at the same time. It just doesn't work. It's two things that can't coexist, things that can't go together. Uh, I, I want a good marriage, but I want to continue to be selfish. It doesn't, it doesn't, no, it's called double-minded. It's, I want to be anger, angry when I feel it, but, but I still want a meaningful, lasting relationship. No, no, that's double-mindedness. I, I want my private addiction, but I also want a growing relationship with, with Christ. No, no, that's, that's double-mindedness. I want my, uh-oh, we're coming, coming where some of you are right now. They're in Fresno, Madeira. I want, my, I want my impulsive purchase at the mall, right? And I want financial security and uh, stability, and it's called double-mindedness, and it just doesn't work. I, I want my fear. I, I, I wouldn't know what to do without my fear. That's how I keep track of things, but I also want emotional stability, and I want peace in my, my life, and no... No, that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't, doesn't work. I want to be educated. I really do. I just don't want to study. Really? That's your problem. It's called double. It's called double-mindedness. I, I want to lose weight, right? We, we, some of us are here. This is where we're at. That's why it's not working. I want to lose weight, but I want to still eat what I want to eat. It's called double-mindedness. Now, this is what we all, we all, we all know. You don't have them both. They both don't exist in our lives because they can't. They're, they're two things that can't co-exist. It's called being double, double-minded. And James says a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. That's the reason why we got to talk about this. Let me give you quickly three things that this verse teaches us, that James teaches us. First of all, here's number one, there are double-minded people. There are double... Wow, that's revelation, huh? There are double-minded people. People, notice James says a double-minded person. He doesn't say a double-minded cat. Doesn't say a double-minded elephant, a dog. Doesn't, doesn't mention an animal here. So apparently there are people who struggle with being double-minded. Hmm. Now, the truth is, it's in all of us. We'd all be truthful. We all have some of this double-mindedness in us. There are things that, that we, we want, thoughts that, that war in our minds that, that can't coexist together in our lives. We, we, the truth is we all struggle with 
being double-minded in certain areas of our life. The second thing that James teaches us here is that double-mindedness creates instability. Double-mindedness creates instability. A double-minded person is unstable, unstable, unstable. So, so here's what happens. Your family wonders, I, I wonder what, da- what kind of dad is coming home today. Is it the nice dad or is it the, the angry dad? I, I wonder what kind of mom we'll be experiencing today. Is she going to be mean or is she going to be nice? I wonder, I wonder how my teenager is going to act today. Double-mindedness causes people to be unstable. I wonder how my friend is going to treat me Today, it's really rooted in being double-minded. Double-mindedness creates instability. Here's the third thing that it does. Double-mindedness affects everything. It affects everything. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways, all his ways. Ways. Being double-minded affects every aspect of your life, whether you like it or not. So the guy that is double-minded about his marriage, it's also affecting his career. Hello? Do I need to say that again? I'm going to say it again so you hear. The, the, the person that's double-minded about their marriage, that, that is also affecting their job, their, their workplace, their the career, the one who's double-minded about their finances, guess what? It's also affecting their parenting. No, 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 I can, no, no, I don't, I don't, no, no, I might have a bad financial decision, but I would never hurt my family, but according to this, you are. It affects everything in your life. I, I like how the New Century Version uh, uh, reads in James 1, 7, and 8. We read it again. He says, such doubters, James is saying here, such doubters, and really that's just another word for being double-minded because anytime you are torn between two thoughts, you're actually doubting. So such doubters are thinking two different things at the same time, and they cannot decide about anything they do. Now notice, they should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. So now... This is really serious because I need some things from the Lord. Does anybody else need some things from the Lord here? Come on, could anybody use some healing and some joy and some... Does anybody need anything from God here? Now this becomes a very important subject matter because you can't think God's truths and think the world's lies and then expect to get what God has promised you because it's called doubled, double-mindedness. And there's a story in the Bible that I want to read that I, I think is going to help us today so that we can overcome double-mindedness. It's found in John, John chapter 5. If you want to turn there or the, put it on the screens at all the campuses, John chapter 5. I love this story. It's been a while since we've taught out of it, but in John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus went to Jerusalem for a religious festival. Near the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool, or is a pool, with five porches in Hebrew. It is called Bethesda. 
A large crowd of sick people were lying in the porches, and the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. So we got people who can't see. We got people who can't walk, and now we have people who can't move at all. And they waited for the water to move. And sometimes an angel of the Lord came down to the pool and stirred up the water. And after the angel did this, the first person to go into the pool was healed from any sickness he had. Now, most scholars believe that this was just some hot natural springs here that the, the, the hot water would gush up, cause it to, to bubble. And other people think that this was just superstition on the part of people. But, but it is very clear that this pool of water, people actually got healed. And, and so the story goes on in verse 5. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. And Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that the man had been ill for such a long time. So he asked him, notice, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? And this seems a little odd, doesn't it? And uh, would you agree with me that this seems like an unusual question to ask somebody Who's been, who's been at a pool for 38 years wanting to be healed? Why would you ask him, do you want to be well? So, so here's the, the first question that I want you to consider today. Why would Jesus ask him, do you want to get well? Why would Jesus ask this man who needs healing, why would Jesus ask him, do you want to get well? I want you to think about that question. We're going to come back to it in just a moment because if we can answer that question, I believe it will help us in overcoming double-mindedness. In verse 7, it goes on to say, The sick man answered, Sir, I have no one here to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm trying to get in, somebody else gets there first. So Jesus is asking this guy, Hey, 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 why are you still here? And when I read this, I kind, of, I kind of see this guy erupting. I kind of see this guy venting a little bit with his answer. Well, well it's because when the water stirs, I, I, I try to get in, but, but nobody's around to help me. And, and somebody else always, always gets there before I can get there. And, and they're always getting their healing. And I'm, I'm, I'm not getting my healing. And this is what this guy is thinking. Everybody else is getting their, their healing, but I'm not getting my healing. And so it's like releasing a cork out of a bottle. Huh. And so it's apparent that this guy is frustrated. Wouldn't you be? It's apparent that this guy is, is, uh, is in pain. I've never caught this in the story before. It, it, it is it is interesting that the question to be asked is, where, where's this guy's parents? I mean, did they just, say, they just give birth to him, found out he was messed up, and, well, son, we, we can't do anything for you, so what we're going to do is we're going to just take you to this pool, and we're going to just leave you there because the, the Bible said he had no one, so whoever dropped him off at this pool never came back to even help him. He's been abandoned for 38 years. 
Nobody is helping him to get in the pool. And verse 8 goes on to say, And Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your bed, and walk. Get up, pick up your bed, and walk. Jesus gives three imperatives here. There are three different instructions. And this is interesting in the story because, first of all, Jesus says, Get up. Now, for, to me, that makes sense because, because Jesus is the healer, right? So Jesus is going to heal him. He's going to say, hey, you, you, need, to, you need to get up. So that, that instruction makes sense to me. He also says, walk. Again, that, that instruction makes sense to me because if Jesus is going to heal him, he's going to start walking. So that all makes sense to me. But this, this instruction doesn't make sense. He says, he says to pick up your bed. Pick up your bed. Now, archaeologists has actually found this guy's bed. And, uh, and they, um, they let us borrow it. They let us borrow it for the weekend for this message. Isn't that awesome? Pick up your bed. Like, awkward. I, I want to be healed. <laughs> it's not about, it's not about my bed. Um, um, now, this guy hasn't moved. He hasn't moved, so who's been changing his bed? For 38 years. I wonder what kind of condition <laughs> that bed was for 38 years. What would be the condition of that, that bed? And Jesus says, I, I, I need you to get up. I need you to walk, and I need you to take up that nasty, <laughs> filthy thing that you've been laying on for 38 years. For 38 years. So here's the second question that I want you to consider. Why would Jesus tell him to take his bed with him. Why? Why would Jesus ask him, do you want to be made well? That's, 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 that's crazy. What do you mean, do you want to be made well? I've been this way for 38 years. And then, and then, and then Jesus, Jesus asked him and told him, why would Jesus ask him to take his bed with him? The story concludes in verse 9. Immediately the man got well he picked up his bed and started walking. That's awesome. Awesome. After 38 years, this guy is, is healed. I want, I want to give you quickly two principles out of this story that I really believe, I really believe enables us to overcome double-mindedness, it really is answering those two questions. Number one, here it is. If you're going to overcome this, this, this battle of being double-minded, here's what you've got to do. You have to want to think differently. You have to want, you have to want to think differently. Nobody can do this for you. Nobody can make you think differently. You're the one 
You're the one who is choosing how you're going to think about everything in your life. You can't blame it on anybody else. You are the one. But understand this, nothing will be different in your life until you think differently. If you keep thinking the way you think, then you'll keep having what you have always had. So listen, if you want to overcome double-mindedness, hear me, then you have to want to think differently. It can't be 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock at the same time. You've got to want to think. (laughs) You've got to want to think differently. You're going to get it. We're going there. It's going to help you. And this is why Jesus asked this first question, do you really want to be healed? It does seem like a crazy question, but actually this is a brilliant question. What Jesus was saying to this man who had been paralyzed for 38 years is he was saying, hey, 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 do you still want this? Do, do, Jesus is asking him, hey, what are you thinking? After 38 years, what are you thinking? Are you still thinking healing? Hmm. So what is this guy thinking after 38 years? I mean, 38 years is a long time to be waiting for for healing. 38 years. Where, Where were you 38 years ago? Some of you weren't even here. Wow. I wasn't. Well, I guess I was. What was this guy thinking after 38 years? Can you imagine what this what that first year must have been like hanging out at the pool? What was that like? I wonder how many times the water got stirred in that first year. And I wonder how many times he actually tried to get into the water and, and couldn't. And I wonder how many other people actually got in the water in that first year and got their healing. So this guy is just watching other people have what he wants. That's what's going on for 38 years. Uh, I wonder what this guy's thinking in the second year. You know, perhaps I'm thinking he's probably still strategizing. He's, he's still planning how to get in the water. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to email somebody. I'm going to text somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to call so I'm going to get somebody to come and get me into this water. But how about after 10 years? Well, what is this guy thinking after 10 years? Hey, guys. Hey, 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 hey. I've been here longer than everybody else. It's my turn now. It's my turn now after 10 years. I wonder what he's thinking after 20 years of just hanging around the pool. What would he have said if some news organization was interviewing him? Hey, hey, come talk to us. We're interviewing people. Who, who, who just spend their whole life hanging out at a pool. Tell us what you're thinking about your 20 years of pool lying. How about when he was celebrating 30 years at the pool? Now, now what is he, he thinking? Do, do you think he's thinking, I'm, I'm going to get healed? Do you think he's still thinking, 
I'm going to be made whole. How about 35 years? What is this guy thinking after 35 years of just hanging, lying out at the pool? Do you really think that he's thinking in his mind, I'm going to get healed? How about after 38 years? Now what is this guy thinking? Do you really, do you really think, come on, do you really think he's thinking, I'm going to get healed? Now we know. We, we really know, we, we, we know what this guy was thinking because, because of the question Jesus asked him. You see, Jesus knew that this guy was struggling with double-mindedness. You would be too after 38 years. And Jesus knew that he's thinking, I'd like to be, I'd like to be healed, but it's been 38 years. It's probably too late for me to be healed. Now, I, I'd like to be, but... It, it's, it's probably, so, so Jesus, Jesus is uh, asking him this brilliant question. So, so do you really want to be made whole? Hey, hey, do you even care about this anymore? Or has your thinking changed? Have you given up on being healed? Listen to me today. This is absolutely a perfect question to ask somebody who is double-minded, someone who wants healing yet is convinced it's probably too late, somebody who wants victory yet, yet they're convinced about defeat, somebody who wants provision yet they're convinced about poverty, come on, somebody who wants God's blessings but they're convinced in their mind they don't qualify. Somebody who wants a great relationship, yet they're convinced that it could never happen for them. Somebody, come on, I want to help some single people today. Somebody who, 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 who still wants a spouse, yet believes that there's just none left. It's the double-mindedness. It's a great question to ask. Somebody who's struggling with, with two things that can't coexist. So Jesus, don't, don't miss this. Jesus is saying to this guy who is struggling with his thoughts. Hey, I need you to think differently. I, I can't have you thinking this, and I can't have you thinking that. I need you to make up your mind about what you really want because you can't be double-minded. You, you can't have them both. Jesus is saying, I, I can heal you, but I'm not going to heal you if you don't want it anymore. Don't, don't miss this. Jesus is telling this man that nothing will be differently until you think differently, until you settle it in your mind what it is that you really want. So do you want healing or do you want to just stay the same? Maybe, maybe Jesus is asking you today. Perhaps Jesus is asking us today. Do you want do you want your sin or do you want my salvation? Huh? Do, do, you, do you want your addiction or do you want freedom? Do you want your fear and worry or do you want my joy and peace? Hey, 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 do you want your misfortune or do you want my protection on your life? Hey, 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 do you want those rebellious kids or do you want godly kids? You've got to make up your mind. And Jesus is saying to you today, what do you really want? Catch it. 
What? Do you really want to be made whole? Do you really want your healing? Jesus is saying, what is it that you really want? Because if you could figure out what you really want, start thinking only what you want. Because a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. And the Bible says, don't let that person ever expect to receive anything from the Lord. What is it that you want from God? Think that and think that only. Here's the second thing. The second thing that we need to do. You have to take action that reinforces your desired thinking. You have to take action that reinforces your desired thinking. Wow. This is why Jesus said to this guy, take up your bed. This is why. Why did Jesus tell this guy to take up his bed? Because you're not going to be here anymore. We're, we're done with the pool. It's over. <laughs> and, and, and I don't need you to leave anything here where you can come back. I need you to pick up your bed. I need you to have an action that connects with what you're thinking, what you're believing, because we're not coming back here. Your 38 years is up. Today, you are going to be healed. And I don't want you to leave that trash at the pool. I need you to take that. We're not going to litter. We're going to take that. We're going to get rid of that because you're not coming back to this pool. Not only that, I don't need you to leave anything that would cause you to remember what life used to be. I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. Come on, somebody help me. One of the campuses, somebody ought to get excited. You have to take action that reinforces your desired thinking. I need you to do something that, that shows that you're serious about your healing. You're not going to need this anymore. So pick it up. Get rid of that nasty. <laughs> Get rid of that awful, dirty thing. Make up your mind that you are done here and move on into new, better things in your life. Some of you just need to make up your mind. That's what you got to do. You just got to make up your mind. Is it 7 o'clock or is it 6 o'clock? Because once you make up your mind, then Almighty God can begin to work with the mind that has stayed on Him. Because the unstable person is a double-minded person and he never gets anything from God. So, uh, so you want a great marriage. Good. Make up your mind. That's what I want. Now what do we need to do? We need some action. <laughs> That's the tough part, right? Need some action. What would be the action? Well, maybe start loving my wife. 
like Christ loves the church. I got to pick up my mat. I got to start doing something that supports what I'm thinking, that I'm serious about my made up mind. I'm going to be a good husband. I'm not going to be that guy anymore. I'm going to be a husband that loves his wife. So you know what I did the other day? You know what I did? I, uh, I took coffee to my wife in bed because that's what I always want. And I, I want a great marriage. And so instead of hounding her about what she's not doing, I'm going to pick up my mat and I'm going to take her. Up. <laughs> Come on, no more double-mindedness. We're not staying here any longer. Come on, somebody needs to get up. Somebody needs to walk. Somebody needs to pick up their mat. And have everything that God has promised for them. Yeah, but I need finances. I need a miracle. Make up your mind. Are you going to be poor or are you going to be rich? Are you going to have God's blessings? Are you going to allow the enemy to steal from you the rest of your life? I don't know about you. I've made up my mind. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. God's given me the power to do wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8. My God, Philippians 4, 19. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to be broke another day in my life. But that's not enough just to make up your mind. You've got to pick up your mat. You've got to pick up your mat. You've got to pick up your mat. It's called, it's called a budget. Oh, dear God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It's called tithing. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I'm out of time. We could go on. We could have fun. Man, I don't want to be addicted to porn any longer. Well, make up your mind about it. Are you going to be addicted to porn or are you going to be free from porn? As long as you're double-minded, you'll never be free gotta make up your mind I'm not gonna have this addiction in my life any longer okay I'm gonna make up my mind and then what do you do you gotta go pick up your mat you gotta get your mat you gotta pick up your mat you gotta unplug your computer oh Jesus really really gonna have to get a filter on my computer to block all the the porn sites oh really I don't know if I want to do that you're double-minded Unstable. You can't receive from God. And we have not understood just how serious, how serious our thinking really, really is. So as we close today, I want to invite you, I want to ask you, at all of our campuses, I want you to locate those areas in your life. I've been doing it all week. So painful. Now it's your turn. We all have them. Don't look like you're Jesus' cousin. We, we all have them, don't we? Right? You're not the Messiah. You're not perfect. <laughs> we need to locate those areas in our life, and we need to make a decision about them today. It can't be 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock at the same time in the same location. Double-mindedness is making you unstable in everything. And 
being un, being double-minded in one area will affect every other area. And I'm just here to tell you, you can overcome it. You can overcome it. You just have to want to think differently. You just have to be willing to make up your mind how you're going to think. And then you just have to be willing to pick your mat up, do something, some kind of action, some kind of step that shows you're serious about it. And then watch your master, your maker, your God perform the miracle in your life. At all of our campuses, would you stand? Fresno, Madeira, here in Clovis. Man, I hope you have enjoyed this as much as I've enjoyed preaching this. This thing has gotten in me this week. It is helping me. I feel like I've been to the altar 30,000 times this week. God, help me in these areas. I'm here to tell you, your thinking matters more than you think. But we can think differently we can have different results in our life as we apply these truths. Hear me, celebration. No more, no more double-mindedness in your life. You cannot allow it to stay in your life. I'm going to pray, and our campus pastors are going to come back at all of our locations and give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I want to pray a prayer of, of just application here today. How many of you, this has helped at all of our locations? This helped today. Come on, we can do something. Do something. Uh, I, I struggled over this mess. I've really never taught on this subject matter before. I didn't know how to really break it, break it down and how to really, but I just knew there was something that God was wanting to say to celebration. So I'm just saying that to tell you, I think God has tailor-fitted a word for you, for me, to help us move forward in life. Come on. Come on, do you still want it? Come on, do you still want it? Do you? I, I know. See, 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 the only thing that was really lost at that guy's pool that day was his hope was lost because after 38 years, that's what happens. You lose your hope. And some of you are in that, in that place at, at our campuses, at all of our campuses. You, 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 you believed and you prayed and you, you stood and it didn't happen. And now you're in that hopeless place. And, and God is just saying, hey, man, do you still want it? You still want that great marriage? I know you probably think it's too late. You still want those great kids? You, you still want that restoration? You, you still want my provision? Come on, do you still want it? Somebody ought to shout, I want it, Lord. So, Father, I pray today for all of us here, all of our campuses, God, we shout out loud, we still want what you have promised. God, we're willing to take actions to take steps to show we are serious about not being double-minded any longer. God, I pray that, God, you would just lift the, the clouds of depression, the clouds of oppression. God, I feel like for so many, the enemy has just passed out Kool-Aid and people are just in a stupor. 
God, I pray that you would awaken us today at all of our campuses, that we have not lived our best days, that we can still believe, regardless how many years it's been since we've seen a breakthrough in our lives. And God, today I pray that you would help people take these steps to believe again, to hope again, to take the actions necessary so that they can experience all that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.